Good morning. He is risen. Great job. You're almost as good as the kids. They did a really good job. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 24 this morning. So as you're turning in your Bibles to Luke 24, I just want to uh, welcome you. I'm so grateful that you're here with us this morning. And there is nothing better than being able to celebrate baptisms and hear about God has made people new. Amen? Amen. What an exciting morning. I, I was... Uh, Talking, we were talking as we were planning for today and trying to get ready, and um, I got the opportunity to read each person's story that they were sharing before they came today and before we, we showed them to you on video. And I can tell you this. We not only serve a risen Savior, we serve a Savior that changes lives. He makes people new. If you notice that, they were all wearing a shirt that said that. And it is so exciting to hear the stories of how God has changed people's lives. One of the things about Easter Sunday and the resurrection is the resurrection is what changes everything. So as we look at Matt, or Luke chapter 24, I want to read to you before we jump into God's word, just a quote from Dr. Adrian Rogers, wonderful pastor, preacher. He asked this question one time and then gave us a few responses. What if there was no resurrection? What if there was no resurrection? If there was no resurrection, preaching would be profitless. Faith would be foolish. The disciples would be deceivers. Sin would still be sovereign. Death would have dominion. And the future would be fearful. But because of the resurrection, because Jesus Christ is alive today, the preaching of God's word is profitable for our souls. Faith is feasible. The disciples, instead of deceivers, are dependable. Sin has been subdued. Death has been defeated. And the future, not fearful, is fabulous. So for those of us that are in Christ and those of us that understand what the resurrection has done to change the world and to change lives, we know all these things to be true. It's amazing to think about the fact that Jesus never wrote a book. He never wrote a book. In fact, to our knowledge, he never wrote anything down that we still have. And yet there are more books written about him than any other topic in the course of human history. It's amazing to know that Jesus never composed a song that we know of. But there is more music written about him than any other subject in the course of human history. To our knowledge, Jesus, Jesus never drew any pictures or made any sculptures. But more art has been made about Christ than about any other person that's ever lived. Jesus never traveled more than 100 miles from his house. Yet, you can find followers of Jesus in every corner of the world. This is because of the resurrection. How can these things be true if he was not a popular writer or a big time artist or somebody who wrote songs for everyone or somebody who traveled the world himself? How can that be true? Because the resurrection is true and it changes everything. Luke chapter 24, 
We're going to read a familiar passage, this, these first 12 verses of Luke 24, as we talk for a few minutes about the resurrection and Easter Sunday. Luke 24, verse 1. You can follow along with me in your Bibles or even in your church app if you want to. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking spices that they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. This is the account of the resurrection. As we continue to read, I want to encourage you to look for two phrases that we're going to read this morning. Two phrases that we're going to focus on for a few minutes and talk about their importance to us and what God would have for us. The first is this. Look for the phrase, they remembered his words. They remembered his words. It's going to come up in a few, a few minutes here. And then secondly, look for the phrase, he went home marveling. He went home marveling. Those two phrases. They remembered his words, and he went home marveling. Luke 24, verse 4. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and they bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? Which, by the way, is a great thing to put on your headstone, right? If you're a believer in Christ... Somebody comes to the cemetery looking for you? I I think I might want that on my headstone, actually. Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified on on the cross, and on the third day, rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves. And he went home marveling at what had happened. This account from Luke 24 of the resurrection is an account that may be familiar to us, but there's a few things that I want us to make sure we focus on today. And as we think about the fact that we just celebrated Good Friday on Friday night and I hope you were able to join us. And one of the things about that unique time that we get to celebrate each year is this. We often need to stop and ponder and sit in the reality of the creator of the universe giving his life for us, for you and for me. The fact that Jesus would come down out of heaven and go to a cross and suffer and die. I gotta tell you, in my mind, that makes no sense whatsoever. You can't come up with a reason good enough for that to be true, apart from the fact that God loves us. And you might be struggling today. You may be struggling in a season in life. You might be up against something that you're wondering, what 
in the world is going on and how could I possibly respond well? And what God wants you to know today is that you can because he has. When confronted with the most horrific death that anyone could ever die, Jesus went to the cross knowing exactly what was going to come because he had committed himself to the Father's plan to pay a debt that we can't pay and to set us free. And that honestly should be enough for us to hear even just to that part in the story. That should be enough for us. But God wasn't done. And he didn't leave Jesus in that tomb. He raised him from the dead. And there is nothing else that should change our hearts and implore us to live differently if we know him than the fact that the resurrection is real. The resurrection is why Jesus' name is known in every corner of the planet. The resurrection is why there are more pictures and songs and books written about Jesus than any other person in the course of human history because of the resurrection. As we look and as we think about what God has done through Christ and as he raises him from the dead and as his disciples find that tomb empty, he's not there. You have to put yourself in their position, right? They have had an emotional couple of days. Anybody here have an emotional couple of days? Ever happened to you? In the midst of those times, it's hard to think straight, is it? It's hard to actually always see the big picture. So I remember when I was younger, I used to read this account and think to myself, the disciples show up, the tomb's empty, and they still don't know what's going on? What is wrong with them? But they had thought that Jesus had come to set everything straight right then, and then he went to the cross. And they were confused. They were scared. They went and hid in a room. It's unique that the women are the ones that actually were the ones that find out, found out first and ran back and told them, and they still didn't believe. I don't know what that says for us guys, but Peter jumps up, runs to the tomb, and the tomb is empty. See, I've heard it said throughout time that maybe the disciples were lying. I kind of tell you, I see no benefit in them lying whatsoever. These disciples lived the rest of their lives based upon the fact that the resurrection was real and they died for it. They didn't benefit from it except in eternity. The fact that the resurrection happened and that these men lived the rest of their lives and could not stop talking about Jesus is something that's a challenge for us. Those two phrases we talked about they remembered his words, and he went home marveling. See, things started to come together for the followers of Christ after the cross, and, and then at the resurrection, you can start to hear them. They're thinking, oh, wait a minute. He said something about this. He told us that was going to happen. The whole three days thing, we weren't sure what he was talking about. But now we know. 
They remembered his words. For you and me, I'd like us to be able to think through what it means to remember his words. Do you remember his words when you come into a difficult time, when you're in one of those emotional couple days or weeks? Do you remember what Jesus has said? Do you remember how God has spoken? Let's talk about some of the things that he has said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We need to burn that one on a brain cell and hold on to it for those moments. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He also said, no one comes to the Father but by me. So we have to stop trying to work our way to God in whatever way we think is best and lay our desires down at the foot of the cross and go to the Father through the Son. He also said, your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. That's a wonderful phrase. Your sins are forgiven. Go and sin no more. He tells us, as recorded in Matthew 28, go and make disciples. Do you remember that? Do we remember his words? Does it change our everyday? Go and make disciples. And he says, love one another as I have loved you. Do we remember his words? Those are just a couple of them. But do we remember his words in the midst of our everyday? Do they change how we see our lives, how we see ourselves, how we see the world around us? Do his words affect our hearts the way it did when they remembered here in Luke 24? Because all of a sudden they remembered. Oh, he talked about dying. He talked about rising again. This is what he was going at. Truly, he is the son of God. So do we remember his words? And secondly, do we marvel at what he has done? The resurrection should just simply blow us away. I mean, we can put a lot of flowery language around it. We sang a few songs today, and, and the truth in those songs, just thinking about the fact that the resurrected Christ is resurrecting us, that should, that should blow our minds. It should draw us to awe, maybe even tears, at the fact that he has done what we could never do. Do we marvel at what he's done, or is it just another story? Or have we stopped and realized the empty tomb changes everything? Do we remember his works? He created the universe at the sound of his voice. He humbled himself and put on flesh and blood to save us. He lived in a perfect life in a very broken world. And he died a death that we deserve to pay a debt we couldn't pay. What else has he done? He has defeated sin and death by rising from the grave. All of these things, the works of God through his son, all of these things to offer us freely the one thing that every human needs.
salvation. Salvation. Why did Jesus do all these things? Why did he say all these things he wants us to remember? Why did he work in such miraculous ways so that we would remember what he has done for this one purpose? That we would stop and give our lives to him. Salvation. There's a song we're going to sing at the end of our gathering this morning that says, because he lives. And there are some very real things that come to our lives because he lives. In closing, I want to share a few of those with you. Because he lives, sin has no power over me. Because he lives, our circumstances are only temporary. Because he lives, death's going to scare me or hold me. Because he lives, forgiveness is here. Because he lives, love is real. And because he lives, life is eternal. Because he lives, we are set free. The resurrection changes everything. The resurrection changes lives. The resurrection changes the course of humanity, changes the way we keep time, and most importantly, changes our standing with God. He is risen. Ah, you missed your cue. You missed your cue. Hold on. Hold on. We'll do it again. We'll do it again. He is risen. There you go. We're going to close our morning by responding as we do. If you regularly gather with us, you know what we would encourage you to do during this part of our gathering together. If you're visiting with us or you're new or you're watching us online, I want to walk you through it just briefly before we do it. This is a time in our gathering when we respond. We respond in a couple of ways. We're going to sing together. And we should be singing louder after we hear God's word proclaimed than before, right? We're going to sing together as a response. We give. If this is your church home and, and God has called you here, we give. Not out of compulsion, not out of guilt. We give because he's been generous to us. And we're generous in return. Lastly, and maybe most importantly, I'm going to ask you to think about this response. If you haven't given your life to Christ, if you don't have a story like one that we've heard today, I want to encourage you to respond by doing that this morning. We'd encourage you to first stop and pray. Just, just talking between you and God. Some people ask me at the time, what is praying? It's just you and God talking. You can talk right in your heart to him. Ask him to forgive your sins. Ask him to make you new. And trust in him. We're going to sing two songs, and while we do that, there's going to be a few of our men and women that come down front and sit in the front row. If you're here today and you are ready to give your life to Christ and you feel the Lord pulling you in that direction, don't walk out of here without doing it. There's no better day than today to follow him and to come into his family.
We're going to ask you to pray, to think about that during these final two songs. Anytime during those songs, if you want to come down front, there's some people here that will pray with you and direct you in a way to walk with Jesus well and to walk well with us as a church family because we want to go there with you. So I want to encourage you to respond this morning. If you are already in Christ and this is just a repeated reminder of the good news of Jesus' death and resurrection this morning, then respond well. Sing well. Put a smile on your face. Give generously. And then let's go into all the world and make disciples and share the good news with them. And if you're not part of his family yet, I encourage you to do it today. There's no greater decision you'll ever make in life. And there's no better evidence than what Jesus did at the cross and the tomb. Dying for us and rising from the dead.